Hello and welcome back to Brawler Bios. I'm your host, Brian, also known as Malorian, and this is the podcast brought to you by the folks there of Line of Sight, which is all about War Machine, but more specifically, all about Brawl Machine. That is the 25-point version created by Line of Sight, and what we do here is review a caster, but through the lens of Brawl Machine. We're going to go over a caster's rules, talk about some potential lists, or usually just one list. We'll go and grade them, and uh, yeah, it's just a good old time where we get to learn about a caster in Brawl Machine. Now, for today, we are going to be going over to Retribution, and the caster we're going to be talking about today is Magister... I don't know if I want to call it Helena, Helena. I think usually I hear it being said Helena, so I'm going to go with that. So, Magister Helena is a Retribution Shail Warcaster. It is Speed 6, so okay, average, Strength 6, Mat 6, Rat 5, Defense 15, Armor 15, Command 9. So, pretty much so far all across that, pretty just meh, just you know, your normal type stuff. Focus 7, so that's pretty good. Uh, she also has 16 boxes and 30 warjack points. So, okay, at least it's a healthy amount of that. Now, there's two weapons here on this caster. There is going to be the Redirection Blast. It is a range 12, rate of fire 1, POW 11 magical range weapon. And there, it actually has a, a special rule to it, which is called Force Grip. And what that does is that instead of causing damage, an enemy model hit by this attack can be pushed up to three inches in any direction. And that is actually really fantastic. You know, that is actually very close now to what we're looking at, say, with Fiona and Befuddle. And that ability just to shoot an enemy model and say, hey... I want you three inches further away so you don't threat me. Or I want you closer so that I can threat you. Or just get out of this zone. There is a lot of flexibility here. And that is just a fantastic range weapon to have. Um, the other weapon there is actually just called Redirection. It's really all just part of the same staff that it's holding there. It is a range 2. P plus S11, magical weapon, and it also has force grip. So if you hit something, you can move it away. So, I mean, I guess there's an option there. We can go and hit multiple things, move multiple things around, uh, or just hit the same thing over and over again and just really take it for a ride. That's probably not what you're going to want to do. Again, this is probably something where it'd be a, in desperation. Uh, P plus S11 is nothing to write home about. But hey, having those movement shenanigans is a really nice thing to have on the card. Talking about nice things to have on the card, there's also several rules on the back as well. The first one is going to be Field Marshal Conveyance. So what that's going to be doing is Warjacks and this model's battle group gain conveyance and what that actually does is it says here other friendly models gain plus two to their magic attack rolls against enemy models within five inches of a friendly model with conveyance so what it really means then is that if you have a jack up there by whatever your target is it's basically like mark the target but for spells so if they're by five inches of one of your jacks hey great now you're going to be getting plus two to hit now 
that is typically going to be just for Helena here. But hey, if you have any other solo or unit that's using magical attacks, hey, those are going to be getting the plus two to hit as well. All right. The next thing here is going to be repair. This is a Warcaster that can just go out there and repair things. And I think normally that's not really a big deal, but in Brawl Machine, that can actually be very significant. Where, you know, in 75 points, you can very easily throw in some sort of mechanic, but in 25 points, it can be hard to come by. So to have it on default on your caster, and in this case, it's fixing D3 plus 3, sure, why not? That's fantastic. Also, on top of that, you have tune-up for a faction warjack. So both of these are star actions, and this one you actually they both have to be base to base actually to do either action. And for this one here, when you actually tune up a friendly faction warjack, what happens is all attack and damage rolls resulting from the next basic attack are boosted. So this is just a nice way that if you aren't going to be doing an attack, whether it's range or in combat, hey, you might as well just tune something up and it's really just extra focus, right? Normally that jack might be wanting to boost a hit or boost damage. If you do this, it's just done automatically. Um, do know that if you do have something like an AoE that's going to be hitting or damaging multiple things, all of that is going to be boosted. So always a good thing to look out for. All right, next up, let's be looking at the spells, and there's five on the card. First one here is going to be Deceleration. It is a cost three, rain self, and what it actually does is, while in the spellcaster's control range, friendly faction models gain plus two armor against range and magical attacks damage rolls, and it'll last for one round. So, you know, as you're going up there, kind of pushes up the shields, raises up your armor. Sure, why not? Doesn't seem too bad. Next spell on the card is going to be Force Strike, and what Force Strike is is a cost 2, range 8, POW 12 offensive spell, and what it does is that on a critical hit, the model hit becomes knocked down. So it's really just the range magical missile that you have on the card. Sure, there's a critical effect where you might knock something down, and so maybe this might come up when you're really trying to set up assassination you're going to boost and you're going to try for it but it's not really something that's really really dependable so something to think about there for sure uh, next up is going to be hand of destruction it is going to be a cost to range 10 upkeep and what it says is that friendly models in this model's battle group gain an additional die on attack and a damage rolls against target model unit and then discard the lowest unit. So it's a good way if you're picking on one thing to really make sure that everything else is damaging it, uh, hitting it. And I would say this is one that scales a lot better and feels a lot better in Brawl Machine. When you're doing this in a 75 point game, Sure, if you can get this on a Colossal, a very critical piece, okay, sure, that's going to be making its value back. But in Brawl Machine, where there's so few pieces, and maybe there's only one critical piece that they're trying to really lock things down with, this Hand of Destruction can be a very nice thing to have on the card. So, really great thing to have here. Uh, next one here is going to be Obliteration. It is a cost 4, range 10, AoE 5, POW 15 offensive spell and this one it just has one of those like flavor texts where the force of this attack blasts apart the earth itself so 
Again, this is another kind of like magical range attack. If you ever need something that has an AOE, if you're trying to clear out some infantry or, hey, you know, I just need something that's going to be hitting. I get one shot. I need this to hit really hard or maybe I need those extra two inches of range. Sure. Why not? I think in general, I'd rather do two four strikes on something rather than an obliteration. So it really comes down to those times where you really want to be having that AOE. So I, I really wish this wasn't on the card that we had something else, but hey, this is what we have. Next up is going to be Rhythm of War. This is going to be a cost three rain self upkeep. And what it says is that War Jacks in this model's battle group that are in its control range can advance up to three inches after all friendly models have ended their activations on your turn. This is surprisingly very relevant. You look at this and it seems very uninspired, but there's a lot of movement shenanigans you get with this. It really means that a lot of times, like with your guns, that you have three inches of range when it comes to threat because you can walk up, shoot something, and then go back again so that you're out of range, right? Assuming that that will be the, the difference. Or maybe you can pop out and shoot something and then go back behind a building or a forest or something that's going to block line of sight. Or maybe it means you can go up there, hit something, Thing and then move another three inches in the zone. Either way, this little bit of three inches actually matters a lot more than what it seems. So you're probably going to be casting this very early and then just upkeeping it and just keeping it on. It's one of those things where, again, I think new players will look at this and be like, oh, that's useless, but it actually helps quite a bit. All right, last thing we have to talk about on the card here is going to be the feat. The feat is going to be called Archantric Aptitude, and what it does is remove all damage points from the force fields of the friendly faction Warjacks in Helena's control range. While in Helena's control range, friendly faction models gain plus three armor and do not suffer the effects of crippled systems. So this is actually something, so by the way, alas, a full round. Now, this is something here that can be really handy, but also very hard to use. If this was just the last part of the text here, plus three armor, okay, this is a defensive feat. I'm going to be going up there and I'm going to be enjoying myself because I have higher armor. Okay, that's easy. What about that last, last part about how you don't suffer crippled systems? Well, that's a nice thing to have in a car too, because that means that if you go in there and let's say when they're hitting you, they destroy your movement. No, you didn't. You're not going to be hitting me easily. You still need to roll a hit. Uh, assuming you had some sort of shield or something, that would stop that from going down. If they crippled you and we're going to be taking free strikes, now they're actually the full hit. But I think what this is really coming down to, though, especially when you're looking at the first part, is that this is kind of assuming you're getting hit first. Whether you're being shot, whether you took the alpha and were punched in the face, you took some real damage. And what this is doing now is really making sure that you're healing your entire shield. You know, it, we all thought it was a big deal when Retribution was able to use a focus and heal up more of their shield than they did before. Now this will just heal your entire shield. Now, the shield can be all healed and you can still have crippled systems. So again, if they hit you so hard that they destroyed your 
left arm that's good or whatever it is. Now on this turn when you want to be hitting back hard, all those things are alive. Now one problem here is that if your Cortex is destroyed, that's still going to be a problem because you're not going to get that free power up and it's already going to be after the point where you could have allocated. So that part's not going to matter as much. But again, it seems what this caster wants to do is have a lot of jacks be in a spot where they're going to be up in the face so that you can cast your spells, which is really mainly things like Force Strike. And then after that, you know, you're going to take a hit, you're going to heal, and then you're going to be able to hit back hard because all of your crippled systems are ignored. And then you're going to survive because you're plus extra armor. So now those are all the rules on the card. So what are going to be the actual force I'm going to put together? Now, this is actually something I had to play around with quite a bit, and I had to hum and haw, and eventually what I ended up with was a Forges of War list. Now, for that, what it's giving you for special rules is that all of your Warjacks get Shield Guard. So, if nothing else, this is a nice one that's all about Jacks, and it's all about giving every single Jack in the list Shield Guard, which is going to be helping to keep your caster alive. Your caster is going to be spending lots of focus, whether it's feeding it out to the Jacks, casting spells, whatever it is, and so just having it by default that your Jacks are also Shield Guards is going to kind of keep you alive. Otherwise, I tried to really make sure that the jacks I had in here were good ones that had, you know, of course, good healthy shields, but more so just good versatile weapons. Something that can take advantage of, I'm going to go up there, shoot you, and then I can back away. And then because you have deceleration, because you have shield guards, you can be in this gunfight. You can be in a spot where, hey, I'm going to be shooting at you, you're shooting at me, but I'm going to be taking less damage, shield guarding when I need it, and getting up there, and really forcing you to come into me. Now, with that, the jacks I decided to take was, first of all, a manticore, because it is a pretty great gun. Um, as well, I decided to take a hydra, again, a good gun on there, and as well, Discordia, which not only has a good gun, but also has the imprint, which gives you an extra two armor against range attacks, and you're not going to be taking blast damage. So I believe that having this trio of heavy jacks is going to give you a solid gun line that can then after be heavy fighters as well, right? This is something where you're going to be doing that damage. They might get the alpha, but we kind of said that that's going to be okay because because we're going to heal up our shields. If anything was crippled, it's going to go away. And then armor's up, and it's time to fight. Now, otherwise, the requisition point I spent was on Scythe. So getting in some nice shooting, getting in a really solid solo. Um, if we're in a spot here where we're wanting to hold back, that means we need something we can throw in there. And Scythe with that rule where it's already defense 15, but if it's in a forest, gets an extra plus two defense, sometimes means we can throw that up in a forest by a flag, and it's really difficult for them to actually clear that out. So Scythe between the, again, the range output and the ability to maybe save us on scenario if needed that's why it's there and then i decided to put in some house shayil arcanus and the reason why they're there is because well they have empower so if i have all these jacks and i'm wanting to try and actually empower them so that my caster can be casting these spells that's a good thing to be having in there there's also force strike in there as well which because of this ability 
they're normally just magic ability five kind of weak, but because of what's coming on there from the caster, they're going to be getting plus two to hit if my target is within five inches of a jack. And then all of a sudden this thing here, which is range eight, pow 12 and a critical hit, it gets knocked down. Hey, that sounds familiar. You know, these are things that could be adding in there. And one of the things that I, I, I sometimes don't like about critical effects is that you don't want to depend on them. But then again, when you have this opportunity where you're shooting so many of these out, you're going to start getting those critical effects because you're just rolling so many dice. So I kind of like that idea too. Plus, hey, you probably want at least one unit in here. So you're going to be scoring those elements. And if again, if you need to, one of them can run up to go and contest something. Finally, I had one point or two points left, and so I threw in a Arcanist mechanic because, hey, why not? We'll get another mechanic. We'll get a concentrated power. We'll get an... It, I don't think I need to sell this. An Arcanist mechanic is just a wonderful thing to take there for two points. So I think there's a lot of different ways you could build this list. This is the way that I went, but... Hey, with that, let's move on and get to the grades. This is the fun part of this segment here where we're going to be looking at just the caster. We were talking about a potential list and how you might build this, but now we only want to be looking at the caster in terms of what does it have for answers for dealing with skews you might see? What questions are you going to be posing that your opponent is going to have to deal with? And then what's its personal output? How is it for being used by a new player? And how is it for being used by an experienced player? Now, the first one in there is how is it for answers? If you see something out there where there's tons of incorporeal, high armor, high defense, whatever it is, what is there on the card that's able to answer it? And I think the biggest thing that's going to be really on there is just going to be really that hand of destruction, right? If they have something that has higher defense, hand of destruction will help with that. No matter if it's the high defense or the high armor. However, it really is only one model unit. So if you are up against a true skew, which is doing this to several models, that's where you could get into some real problems. So this is an answer, but only a partial answer. Uh, there's also deceleration though. So if your opponent is really going for a gun line, Okay, that's something that's in there, and that means that you can mitigate the damage that's happening from that. Otherwise, when it comes to answers, that's all I'm really seeing on the card. So there's some things on there, but some of them are half measures, some of them are very situational. I'm, I'm not feeling that there's a lot of answers here. It seems like, like I said, you kind of can go and scalpel out one thing and that's not bad, but it's not really anything special either. So I think I'm going to leave this as a plain C. There's stuff there, but it's not special. It's just average. Next thing we're going to be talking about is what's the grade on the questions? What are you doing special here that your opponent is going to be like, damn, I got to find a way to deal with this. And I think the very first thing that we want to be talking about is the movement shenanigans. The idea that Helena is shooting things on the other side, moving it around. You also have rhythm of war. So you're able to do stuff and kind of like run away after. 
that board control, and again, you could have done this kind of like in a Ron type way and built it more with like that kind of power and pushing and pulling, but in this case here, of course, I went with the jack gun line because you really want the jacks in here, but that's something they're going to have to answer, right? If they're just a slow jack, they're never going to really get there, right? You can keep on pushing it back, hit it, run away, and as long as you can stall scenario, really get in that attrition. And in 25 points, those turns of attrition can be devastating. So I think that's really something to be keeping in mind here. Another thing, too, that's really important to think about is all of that knockdown. Now, again, we're not considering the list of the fact that we had that from the Arcanists. That's not going to be kept in mind here. But the, the idea that you can be shooting out several force strikes and boosting them and likely not needing a boost to hit because, again, you had that field marshal that's getting you plus two to hit... Well, that really means that you can be shooting out several of these and have a pretty good chance, since you're doing multiple of these, to knock something down. And if they have a very important solo, that can be a very big deal. If they have jacks that can shake it, it's a kind of a measure. If they have archons that can't be knocked down, it's not doing anything at all. So... This is something, again, we have to think about it as a potential question that they have to think about, but that's really it. And I think finally the last question that we're posing here is something that our opponent needs to make sure they're going all in. And the reason why I'm saying that is your ability to repair. If they go in and damage several jacks and leave it so that, oh, we've destroyed the shield on all of these, well, that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. We're going to be popping feet. We're going to fix all those shields. Now it's armors up. Let's go. So what they're really going to need to do is focus fire on one jack to try and eliminate it. And not all forces can do that. And even if you can, you're running the risk of what happens if you run short, right? If you spend all your resources trying to go in and then don't get what done what you need to, again, it's going to be worth it for the feet here, uncripple the systems, or maybe not even, right? It's like, okay, you threw everything in, you failed, I'm going to smash you now, and I guess if you're going in and smashing you now, you're probably going to pop the feet either way, but yeah, it really puts the emphasis on them to throw everything on the table and go all in. And again, that's not really a huge factor, but something to think about. So, Overall, there's some interesting things here. Nothing that's really, really powerful, though. So I'm going to be leaving this one as a C+. I really want to respect that there's something there. But even the dancing around can get you in trouble because scenario is still a thing. And you'd have to be very careful to mitigate that. And depending what you're going up against, that might not work anyway. So I think a C plus is fair. Next one we're going to be talking about here is personal output, and ugh, this is not really the best thing, right? We have a, a gun that can kind of push things away or pull them closer if you want to hit them, and I suppose that could be something that's there for the questions as well, as like, can you answer that threat? But I, I still kind of feel that's just a C plus. I'm almost leaning towards a B minus, but no, not quite. Um, but still, personal output here. When you're only going to have this little POW 11, that there's nothing here that's going to be boosting that damage. Nothing really there at all. And I, you could be saying too that okay, you have all those magical attacks. 
those are all POW 12s. And even though you have like the obliteration, that's double the cost for only three more damage. You're just not really, you know, if you're at the end of the game and your caster needed to take out that heavy, it's not happening. You know, like you have to get really lucky and hope for some really big spikes. You're not killing things really with this caster. So I think with that in mind, I got to go even lower. I'm going here for a D plus. This is kind of lower than average and kind of disappointing to be fair. Now, I've been saying a lot of bad things about this, so let's move on to the next thing, which is grading for a new player. If a new player came to me and said, hey, Brian, I'm getting into Brawl Machine. I grabbed the starter box for Retribution. I'm going to be doing something with Helena. Do I think this is going to work out well for them? And they're going to have a positive experience. And looking at the card here, I think they will. There's enough interesting things here on the card. I like the fact that there's a lot of focus here to be played with. I like the fact that it can repair itself. I like the fact that it can tune up itself. I like the fact that there's a lot of different interesting things to do on the card. That if you're against a gun line, if you just want to kind of shoot some things, if you just want to dance around, this caster has a feeling of, I can do stuff. And the feet as well is something where I feel that it, it, worst case scenario, they can be playing it as that defensive feat of like, hey, I'm it's go time. I'm going in. I'm going to pop the feet. They're not going to really get a lot from it like they could if they kind of really make sure to try and maximize it out. But it's still going to feel like you're doing something. So I feel overall, they're going to feel that they're playing the game and doing interesting things. And that might sound really minor, but it's important compared to some other things where I said that they're just very frustrating and complicated. And Helena really isn't that. I mean, the fact that you can just shoot things and move them around, new players might just love that. Like, haha, that's so fun. It's a, a TK on a gun type thing. Now, that being said, it's probably just meaning that means that's average, right? It, it's okay. I think maybe because there's some interesting things, like I'm a mechanic, I can shoot things, move things around, bop you around, push things around. Maybe I'm leaning to a C plus, but I feel that's kind of being generous. This is probably just a C. All right, now what if you are an experienced player? You're an experienced player going into a tournament and you tell me, Brian, I'm going to win this tournament with Helena. Do I think that you can do this? I feel if that's what you're trying to do, you need to push it to something a lot harder. So maybe you're really, really, really going for that alpha. You're going to shoot something. You're going to pull it in. You're going to hit that one thing hard and take it out. And then because you know you're going to be hit back, you're going to pop the feet, put the shields up, you know, that type of thing. Or maybe you're going hard for scenario. And it's all about, I'm going to be shooting these things, move it out of the zone, uh, use my magic to kill any contesting models I see. Uh, I'm going to be using Rhythm of War to get in there and push even further to push the, the whole line of battle further up. Sure, but even then, I don't feel that this is excessively like powerful. If somebody told me that they went in and won a tournament with Helena, I'd be kind of surprised. And I think because that, I think this is now going to be a C+. I do feel that there are shenanigans here that an experienced player can take advantage of, but there's not 
tons, right? There's not something here that I feel is like, wow, this is going to dominate or just be just very strong in general. I, I really feel like probably the general strong thing that might be done here is just what I did here with my list, which is I'm going to shoot you and back away which is something that you could probably just do with a lot of other casters as well, or just have longer range, longer threat. I'm just not seeing the power here. So again, I'm going to be putting this one as a C+. So overall, some of you out there might be like, well, oh, well, this one's kind of meh, right? Just like a whole bunch of Cs, some C-pluses, we got a D-minus in there. But you know what? That's not really the worst thing, right? You need to be having average casters, and I kind of feel like this is that average caster that's out there right this is nothing really special but it's not awful either right if you're someone who's playing this don't feel bad don't feel that you took a caster that's going to be awful in brawl machine it's just going to be average and that there's interesting things you can do for it but it's not going to be apparent as it is with some other casters where it's like oh yeah do this pop feet smash face there's going to be some interesting play that you really have to push for to really maximize what you're getting from the feet maximize what you're doing with that gun that can move things around maximize what you're doing with rhythm of war and then you're going to be finding that success so overall, hopefully you agree. If you don't, please let me know so I can maybe know what I missed or what your thoughts are. But otherwise, thanks for listening. We do this every two weeks and we'll catch you next time. Bye.